Hello, and welcome to the Canadian Story, where we discuss what Canada is, what Canada could be, and what Canada should be. Well, we are already rolling. All right. Um, Eric. Eric Silvera, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, give us a little bit of a background on who you are, what makes you tick, what do you love about yourself? Fair. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'd say I'm a pretty average dude. Um, grew up in uh, in Cambridge, small town here. Uh, I've made this home, um, run a business here, have a family here, love this community. And uh, yeah, I mean, what makes me tick there's a lot of things. I mean, I, uh, I work in the creative industry, I'd say. So um, creating content or video work, photography, it, you know, it, it varies. And uh, I think that kind of stuff gets me fired up, making things, creating things. You're a builder. Um, I'm a builder. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's a lot of what I like to do. So um, entrepreneur, that kind of stuff gets me fired up and excited. So yeah, and I love people. Nice. Um, why don't you just go ahead and plug your company while sure. we're here? Appreciate that. Uh, so I've got a small creative design business called Lucid Digital Media here in Cambridge, Ontario. And uh, we do everything from graphic design, some web development, some video work, some photography work. So we're more of a creative production studio. So we've got lots of clients that come to us for, you know, they might have a marketing manager or agency that they're working with and we kind of do some of the work or the, the heavy lifting. So they've got an idea, we bring it to life is, uh, is kind of how that goes. And then uh, three years ago, we also started a co-working space. So the idea with that was, you know, we were working in a, you know, industrial strip mall and uh, very uninspired space. And I thought, <laughs> right. man, you know, make, like... We need more inspiration yeah, here. Yeah, that was it. And I thought, you know what, like, wouldn't it be cool to work in a spot we love and are inspired to work in? And then, you know, so I started dreaming about that. And I thought, like, I started looking into co-working and thinking that that was a really cool idea. And just the idea of bringing other people around, because I mean, getting inspiration from others is a huge part of, of what makes me excited and gets me kind of out of bed where I get to spend time with other people, bounce ideas off of them, grow, and they challenge me on stuff. And, uh, and that's just, I love that. And I wanted to build a spot that could facilitate that actually. So that's what Galt Collective has become. So we've got some offices, we've got some community members, we'll host events, that kind of stuff. And uh, Is that where you're moving, space. Zach? No, oh, no, okay. we're we're going into a different building. Okay, yeah. okay. But his building is beautiful. Thank you. Know, I've been there a number of times, and if, if he was going for inspiring, then he nailed he's it. now got <laughs> the inspiring down. Nice, yeah, nice, cool man. Cool. Okay, Appreciate well, that. we ask everyone this, yeah. so we're going to ask you: What do you love about this country? Yeah, you know, um, I was thinking about that before before this chat, and uh, there's a lot that I love about Canada, no question. Um, and I think if I had to narrow it down, I think I would have to land on opportunity um, and freedom. Um, those are things that both of my parents are uh, first-generation Canadians. And when they came to this country, uh, their parents came and they saw this as a place where they could, you know, have an opportunity for a life. And, uh, and that was, you know, it was uh, fertile soil. And thank you. And that has been something that I've I've experienced. I've seen them live their lives and work hard. And, you know, it's basically kind of what you want is what you can get here. And, you know, you work for it and there's opportunity and you've got the freedom to do what you want. And, uh, and I think that's something we've taken for granted as Canadians. Absolutely. We have look at where we are at right now. Totally. <laughs> and I think, you know, Zach and I were chatting uh, a while back and, you know, 
I think that was part of our conversation was, you know, some of the stuff that we've really valued and really appreciate and have taken for granted. Are we starting to maybe lose some of that or do we need to be aware of we, what's going well, on? Well, we're at risk of losing right. it, I think. And I think it's like people like yourself, people like that other people have, that have come on this podcast and a lot of people out there that are raising the alarm and saying, mm. this is ridiculous. For example, yesterday or yesterday or the day before, we found out that the Alberta government was going to be using drones to monitor provincial campgrounds to make sure that no one was using them during the lockdown. There is zero evidence, zero, yeah. that COVID is being spread outdoors, right? right? Like they're, they're doing, there's a lot of studies that, in fact, it, it seems like it isn't spreading at all outdoors. In right. fact, Alberta had a, uh, a rodeo of 1,500 people, like in protest, the end yeah. of the lockdown yeah, rodeo, yeah. and there's not a single case tied to that rodeo. 1,500 people outside uh, together at a rodeo. That's wild. Right? And it's like, okay, so we've lost the plot. Right. Why did we lose the plot? Yeah. What, what, what do you think? What, what do you think's happened? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, a big part of that is we live in like a safety first culture, I feel right yes, now. So, absolutely. I mean, we put safety as our number one priority. So, you know, um, if there's a uh, risk, if there's uh, a chance that something's not going to work, if there's, you know, some danger or whatever, we try to insulate everybody from that. As a, a population, I feel, and I think the government steps into that. I think parents are doing that right now too. I mean, I see that even raising our kids. It's like, you know, there's a lot that I know that I can save you from. And so I yeah, need to do yeah, that as like, a parent. Please listen to yeah, me. Yeah. But, you know, there are going to be some things that I need to let them experience or go through uh, that might hurt or that might, are, might not be safe. Right. And I just feel like, you know, when we start going down that road, then – you know, we lose responsibility for ourselves and then someone else has to take that. There becomes um, almost a sense that, well, you know, the government's there to protect me or to, you know, take care of me and provide for me, which I don't agree with that. I don't no, subscribe to that at no, all. I and I think, you know, COVID, no. I feel like is a great example of that. I mean, COVID's a real thing and, you know, it's, you know, affected a ton of people. But there needs to be a personal responsibility end of this that we we make decisions for ourselves. We um, we decide what we feel comfortable with or not comfortable with. And to think that the government can fix this or stop this is, I think, a little crazy. Yeah, I just finished uh, a podcast with our other cousin, Luke, that I have another podcast with. On, and he has another podcast called The Liberal Soul, mm. uh, the, you know, the, the classical liberal yeah, idea, yeah. Liberty. Yep. Like, what, like right. liberal is founded on the word liberty, right. which is obviously a bastardization of it now. But John Stuart Mill came up with this idea saying individual freedom is more important than anything else. Mm. And that was the foundation of, of what we now know as the Western world mm. as the, and democracy. And democracy is the form of government that is founded on the idea of individualism. You can't mm. really have democracy without individualism. And I find it interesting, just like you said, and it's it's so key is it's like, if security is our sole goal, individual freedom is impossible. Totally. Right? Totally. So how do we get how do we get out of this? How do we get away from this? Well, and you know, and then it spins into other things where you talk about like social media and stuff and even, you know, mainstream media and what they allow or don't allow and freedom of speech and stuff like this because we want to protect people and we want them to, you know, have what's right. Well, who's the arbiter of what is there right? There you go. Right? Who's and the so, arbiter? You know, this is where it gets really slippery to me. And 
you know, Zach and I were talking like, we got to have these conversations. And I feel like we're getting lulled to sleep in some ways where it's like, well, you know, let's just sit tight or let's, you know. Oh, it'll get our, better. It'll get better. Yeah. And our will to kind of like work through this stuff or, or do the work of trying to figure it out is hard work. And we're trying to kind of like offload that, right? Yeah. At can, our you, can you dig loss. into that more? How do you see that offloading happening? I mean, I feel or I see, I think, you know, going back to COVID maybe, where it's like, okay, I'm going to sit tight. I'm going to hunker down. You tell me what to do and you're going to provide for me so I don't even have to go to work and you're going to provide me with CERB or whatever. That's great. And like, okay, so are we good to go back to work now? Or, I'm, you know, where it's like, okay, I think there needs to be a uh, a way for people to be industrious and to be innovative and like, okay, here's, here's the plots changed. We got this thing we're up against. We gotta, we gotta work through it. We gotta figure it out. And, and we're not fostering that because it's like, oh, here you go. Right. And, and again, like, it's such a tough one to like, I don't have all the answers. No, for this of course by any not. Means. No, this is a conversation. None of us have the answer. But I think there, like you said, we have to have the conversation. We have to have the conversation. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, does that answer the question? Yeah, I think that does answer it. And I would, go, like I would go a bit further with what you said in, in that I think that if, if there's this old way of thinking about things that if you don't have discomfort, right. then you cannot have growth. Right. Right? Like a, a plant that is growing is not a comfortable right. thing. Totally. Right? A human who's seeing growth. I mean, when we're going through puberty, our voices are cracking. Right. Yeah, yeah. Our emotion, our, yeah. we're awash in emotions. Sure. Like life is nuts, right? But that's growth. And, and I, you have to go through that phase. You do. And I think there's something so valuable about going through that and going through the pains of learning something, failing at something. I look at the education system and it's like, well, no one can fail. Are you kidding me? Yeah, like you're going to fail in life. The very best place to fail is in a school where you have the safety net around you and it doesn't, it's not for keeps right now. Like where we're sending people out, they haven't failed at anything. We send them out into the world and now they fail and it's like, no, this really hurts and it's real. And now you're like so far down the road that it's like, you know, I feel like we got people struggling with anxiety and depression and whatever, like we're creating that. Yes. Yes, we are. Right. Because yeah. we're not teaching people how to have strong minds anymore. And and we we've talked about this ad nauseum, but I want to bring it up with you and get mm. your thoughts on it. We live in a society that worships victims, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. says victims are our highest yeah. form of being. And they're the ones that need to be protected. They're our saints now. Yeah. They're the people we worship. They're the people that we bend over backwards right. to protect. When do you think it became a thing of value to be a victim? Man, I think, hmm, it's a great question. I think it's kind of what we've been dancing around where, you know, we've almost encouraged it. And it's like, instead of like, hey, that was tough, you know, here's how you work from that point. It's like, oh, okay, that's hard. Let me do it for you or let me help you through that. And I mean, there's stuff that's gone on in history that we need to deal with, no question. Oh, absolutely. No yeah. question. Um, but what is the most helpful thing to do for people, right? And, you know, it's, I talked to a lot of people and it's like, well, this is, you know, the loving thing to do or whatever. And it's like, okay, have you ever thought that maybe the most loving thing to do is to tell someone the truth or to help someone yes. forward instead of just saying like, 
hey, you know, you're fine the way you are. That might be the most unloving thing you could say to somebody. Not that you're saying you're not fine. They know they're not fine in a yeah, lot of cases. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, like, could we not say, I know who you are. I love you. But I, I want to see you grow. I want to see you develop. Instead of just saying like, okay, here's who you think you are. And we're going to affirm that and just leave you in that spot. That's terrible. In fact, well, we're going to put you in this box now. Totally. Of this is who you are. Totally. Based on things that are entirely out of your control. Totally. It stunts growth, and it's it's kind of it's kind of like enabling a drug addict, where mm-hmm. you you're avoiding having the tough conversation of like, hey, you're you're making mistakes. Yeah. This isn't going well. You need to deal with this. If we don't have those conversations in our lives with the people that we influence, the people around us, and I think I think that's what's happened. We we've we've not had those conversations because we've been more concerned in creating safe spaces yeah. for people to feel good in. And now we have a whole bunch of safe spaces, but we don't have people who understand how to weather failure right? and weather the consequences of something not coming through emotionally right. or, or just in, in, in their everyday lives. And I think that opens the door for a government to then step in and say, we can take care of you because and it's such a relief. Let's not get this twisted, right? Government wants that. Right. Yeah. Like, right. like I, I've spent the last 15 years of my life, 16 years of my life now studying this, mm-hmm. living it, working in it, getting people elected, being disappointed by yeah. our politicians for 16 years now. <laughs> oh, and, man. Uh, and I will, I will say this. Sounds amazing. <laughs> the state is not our friend. Right. Right, the bigger the state yeah. gets, the worse it gets. This is a universal truth. Yeah. Right. I had a recent conversation with a close friend or someone that's become a really close friend, and um, she she made the revelation that she's like, you know, the government is is basic like they're they're not there to for my best interest. Like they're trying to they're trying to make things work and stuff, but like they're not concerned about me this person well they can't you know be I mean? they, they can't, can't be. be literally their job is not to be right? right because because it has to be the well according to john stewart mill the best for the best number the, right. the highest number and this this is something that early in covid anyways my wife and i were batting this around and we kind of all these conversations all circled back to this idea of scale and this idea that we built this world on scale we've been told that bigger, better, faster, is more economical, it's the way forward, it's the best way to do things. And you know, Having more stuff will make yeah, you happier. All that. And that's what we've been fed. And that's what people, I think, to some degree believe. But we can't do this anymore. No. And we've built this machine that requires so much to keep it going now. There's so much momentum behind it that we need to like have a serious look at maybe big isn't best. Maybe, I'm 100% a believer in that. Yeah, yeah, like maybe we need to scale this stuff back. You look at, you know, social media. Can you manage that many friends on social media? Should you care what thousands of people think of what you're going through? The Can answer is no, right. in case anyone is curious. Right. <laughs> With the one exception that I think that if you're doing something like music or politics, sure. getting your message out to a broader audience, but like if you're treating them as friends, it, right. social media should never be taught as your friend environment right it should be you're going to broadcast your the, your desired image and a lot of people are like oh that's bad like you're right. fake yeah, yeah. no 
Like right. always and at any given moment, no matter where you are, you're broadcasting mm-hmm. an image. An image that is going to be imperfect mm-hmm. because you know everything about yourself. Right. And the person interacting with you only, like for example, I just met you. All I know is what, I, that's the only right. information I have is, is yeah. the image you're broadcasting sure. through what you're wearing, through yeah. how you're, how you carry yourself, through how you I'm talk. I'm close, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and all of that to say, we shouldn't bash the idea of not being fully known. Right. Right? Because that's impossible. Right. But people become consumed with the image of other people that, again, right. they don't know. Right. And here's, I mean, one of the other societal issues, I think, with that is that so much of the struggle or the challenge that we're all kind of trying to figure out is so nuanced and so specific, so granular for us personally that, you know, it to, to wade into some of these heavy conversations, there needs to be a bit of a rapport and a connection where it's like, hey, you know what? I know Zach. Zach's a good dude and he has a different opinion. You know what? Like he's not a wicked evil dude. Like he's like a nice guy and that like I don't understand that. And so I need to talk about that. But I'm coming now from a position of like I kind of know Zach. It's openness. And it's not like it doesn't have to work for everybody. It's between us, this conversation, and it's nuanced and it's, you know, interesting and hopefully enriching and growing and, you know, challenging. And we work through that. But, you know, we're not coming at it from this like, oh, it's gotta, I gotta present this polished image that it's gonna be acceptable for everybody. Because, like, that's not life. No. no. Oh, there's so many good things in there because um, it, it's about having the conversation, which right. is something that we've touched thematically on the podcast before. We, we have to have the conversations with people we agree with, with people we disagree with. And we, the, I feel like society has bred this scenario where you can't associate with people that you don't agree with on every level. Right. You know, if they have a different opinion, then you know, they're over there and you're over here and you guys are two different things. And then you throw on top of that, this cancel culture thing that mm-hmm. is happening. And it, it it is, man, I don't know if it's intentional or not, but it is eliminating our ability to learn from each mm-hmm. other. And when a, a society is having the conversation and learning from each other, we are growing and getting better. And that is not being fostered in what we see today. And that's a huge, huge problem. Just on that point, I think the reason that that's happening is we have shifted from individualism to group identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that is the most dangerous thing you Mm -hmm. can do. Why? For a couple of reasons. But the first is a group identity is reliant on dogma. Mm -hmm. Because a group Groups don't exist, right? right? They, they are fictions that we create mm-hmm. just like the state, just like all of the, mm-hmm. uh, like a religion. I'm not saying all religion is fiction. I'm, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying we create these stories in order to navigate our worlds of meaning. Mm-hmm. But if the story is, I am, this is who I am based on this external um, signifier that I share with others, then there will always be oppression. Mm-hmm. Because if the individual is not the, the, the cornerstone of reality, if a group is, whether it's LBGT, Black Lives Matter, or it's Christians, or it's, you know, or it's white whatever, supremacist, yeah. whatever it yeah. is, if your identity becomes as being part of a group as opposed to mm-hmm. being an individual, society has lost the, the most beautiful thing it has. 100%. 100%. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more with that. And that's 
what is so scary to me right now where I see this stuff. You know, you take uh, LGBTQ. People are identifying, like this is who they are presenting as this is me. That's not you. No, exactly. That's your sexual preference orientation. Like that's not you. You're more. You're, you're more so than that. Much you're more so than that. much more you're than so that. So much more than that. Your sexual preference is a piece of you, yeah, but it 100%. is not the defining factor. Totally. Of it you. shouldn't be the defining factor. But for right. now, a lot of people, like you right. just said, it has become that. And I'm shocked by that. I'm like, don't you want to be more? Right. You like totally. Like don't don't you want to have nuanced, interesting conversations about all of the many, many, yeah. many things that are out there besides sex? Right. Hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Like, sex is awesome. Don't get me yeah. wrong. We all yeah. love it, but like. I'm sorry. Our culture is soaked in sex. Yeah. Sex is everything. What mm-hmm. you what you even think of your own sex. Right. Right? Why? Right. It, it, great questions, right? And, you know, I think kind of one of the things I wanted to interject a while back was I've been starting to hear rumbles of people talking about the idea of forgiveness. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yes. man, thank God. Thank God. Yeah, 100%, <laughs> yes. man. Because like that to me is such a missing element right now. There is like, it's cancel culture. It's just like, you said this, boom, you're done. There has to be a way forward. And I I truly believe the only way forward is through forgiveness. And um. There it is. Man, we need that. The only way forward is forgiveness. Well, but like that's the title of the, cool. of the episode. <laughs> but like, but that's the thing, man. Because I don't have it all figured out. I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna get it wrong. But I need to. I need to have a way forward from that. Right. Well, this goes back to what you were saying earlier. Fail, failing, allowing yourself to fail, mm. and forgiving yourself for yeah. failing is something we don't do anymore. Totally. Right. And it's not just about forgiving other people yeah. for heinous things they've done or little things they've done. Yeah. It's about forgiving yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to, that's going to limit you from trying things because you're scared to fail. You're scared to be canceled. You're scared to not succeed. And so you're, you're putting this limiter on yourself even. And so like, we need a mechanism for forgiveness, I think. And people need to offer that to people. And, you know, it's so critical, man. So critical. I couldn't agree more because I think it's the critical thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And how can we really have forgiveness honesty mm. right mm-hmm. you if, if i've harmed you mm-hmm. you have to honestly come to me and say look you've hurt me yeah but then a lot of people are like well unless that person is really sorry i won't forgive them right. no 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 right. once you've had that honest yeah conversation you said you hurt me yeah you could now you can hold on to that right. hurt. Totally. you could just you could just be like oh that totally. person hurt me fuck yeah. them yeah. i hate them yeah. or <laughs> right you could just forgive them yeah. see that's the beauty of forgiveness if you forgive someone yeah man it doesn't matter what they do after that. No. Totally. But forgiveness can transform a person. Like totally. being forgiven. Totally. Like it, yeah. Do you I have mean, any examples? Like I like to bring hmm. like because this is your your sure. story. Like give us an example of a time you forgave and it just healed you. Hmm. I'm trying to think of something. Now you got me on the spot. No pressure. No, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's a really personal one. Uh, I'm a Christian. Right. And so I know I'm a massive screw up, big failure. And I can't do this life on my own. And so, I mean, I feel God has forgiven me and that allows me to live life. Imperfectly, I'm still gonna fail. I'm still gonna whatever, but I know that I've been forgiven or I I can have forgiveness for the things I do wrong. And so, I mean, that's me personally. And that allows me to live life to the fullest and then share that with other people and try to say, hey man, like here... 
here's what I've found. Here's, here's what's worked for me. It allows me to forgive others when they offend or hurt me as well um, because I, I've experienced forgiveness. So, yes. I mean, that's, that's a personal No, I love, I, I love that both, both uh, Zach and I are Christians and we're raised. My dad's a minister. Okay, and, cool. Uh, yeah. uh, we've all visited. I went down my own path and I, I'm in no way claim to have like lived. But I, I want to get into what you just said. Hmm. John Steinbeck has a line in oh, East of Eden where I he said, <laughs> "Just finished that book, man. Oh, East of Eden, oh, blew my mind. Which, sorry, which book? Shout East out of Eden. to John Steinbeck. It's one of the greatest books ever written. I did a podcast okay. on it with Luke. Oh, it's one yeah, of my I'll favorites. Have to, I'll have to read it. But I will say this: there's a line in it that I will never forget, and it says, "Now that you no longer have to be perfect, now that you don't have to be perfect, mm. you can be good." Mm-hmm. Mm. And Amen. that, Amen. Is the problem is everyone is being told, even on and social media plays a big yeah. role in this. We have an epidemic in North America of preteen and teenage girls doing self harm and killing themselves yeah. because they're not perfect. perfect. Right. Right. And that's such. And an you cannot be good standard. if your goal is perfection. Yeah. And I want to. This and who's is the, defining perfect? Well, this is the right? thing, right? Yeah. Uh, the aggregate. Yeah. Right. right. The 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 likes. Right. The 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 mob is defining sure. perfect instead of the eccentric, the interesting, mm-hmm. the individual. No, and now it's like, oh, you have to be this thing mm-hmm. to be perfect. It's complete BS. And furthermore, if your demands on yourself are perfection for your society or for yourself. Mm-hmm. You will be evil mm-hmm. because you will now say every end justifies the mean or every means is justified by this per- yeah. perfect yeah. end. Right, right. Well, I mean, not to drag something really, really dark into it, but that's how something like Nazi Germany was allowed to mm-hmm. exist by thinking like that. Or communist China. Or, or communist, communist China. Or, uh, or the communist Soviet Russia, Union. Right. You know, um, I want to. I want to. Yeah. I want to touch on this forgiveness thing again mm. because I think there's a, a nuance we need to bring out. Not only do we need to forgive other people, but we really, 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 and we've kind of touched on it. We really need to get better at forgiving ourselves. Mm. Yeah. We really like. I I need to say that again. We need mm. to get better at forgiving ourselves mm-hmm. because anytime I'm in a place where I can forgive myself and I allow myself to make mistakes. One, I make less mistakes than I think I'm going to make. When I do make the mistakes, I care less that I made them. And when I'm honest about them, maybe I'm just a really lucky dude, but there's a community of people around me who are like right on board to help me through it. And that's how we dig out of this weird mess Mm -hmm. that we're in Mm -hmm. by forgiving other people and forgiving ourselves. And just like, Grace, you said Grace, man. Grace, totally. like yeah. a crazy thing. Need- it's a crazy concept, it, well, it's, right? It, it's it revolutionized the world. Totally, totally. Right? Yeah. In fact, part of why we're here in this victim culture, this is my theory yeah. anyway. Part of why we're here is actually grace, mm. and 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 the, the idea that it's like weakness is not evil, mm. and all of these things. Yeah. It's like the the least of you will be raised yeah. up, right? Yeah, there's yeah. A, there's a lot of there's a lot of post Christian because we're in a post Christian society. Yeah. We Christianity was the foundation of yeah. Judo Christianity. We're yeah. we're post that now. Now now there's the remnant, right? right. The the and you know kind of you know bringing that into this conversation. Like I think that's one of going back to why I love Canada is like we've got this freedom and this opportunity and stuff here. And like we can't kid ourselves that that was founded on like Judeo Christian values or a Judeo Christian ethic. I think and like it's comes with some detractors and stuff as well. But like, I mean, we got such an incredible foundation here. 
And we're starting to tear away at that foundation yes. to our own detriment. And that's very concerning to me. And I mean, that's something that I'm very interested to explore more. And I feel like we have done such a piss poor job of teaching history. Oh, yeah. Nobody mm, knows history. Understanding, anymore. you know, what actually happened to bring us to this place in time and why, how we got these freedoms and these opportunities. And man, we've just thrown some of this stuff out and that's not important or it's hard to work through or, you know, it's messy or whatever. It's like not a good enough answer to me. Well, no, because where do we end up if we don't have those things, mm -hmm. right? We end up in a society that where people can't forgive one another. Mm -hmm. Well, right. we're watching that happen right now, right. right? Where if you, and the the weird thing, and and everyone's like, oh, we're post-religion. No, 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 we just have a new religion. Right. And the problem with this new religion is there's no forgiveness, mm -hmm. but there is guilt. Mm -hmm. Oh, right? they'll make you feel guilt. <laughs> they'll make you feel guilt, <laughs> right? But there's no yeah. way out. There's no answer mm -hmm. to it. If you've done something, and maybe you did something egregious in your past, mm -hmm. right? A lot of these people yeah. that are being canceled didn't, but some yeah. of them did. Yeah. Well, if we can't forgive no. others, how will we forgive ourselves? And here's the other part I think that's important with grace that we were talking about mm -hmm. is like you're not actually hurting the person that you're not forgiving. Mm -hmm. You're only mm -hmm. hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. Like that toxicity in your soul will will you spread up, like a cancer. Yeah. It'll eat you up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it's something to to work through for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we just had a recently a guy on who was so – has just longed to come to Canada ever mm -hmm. since he spent, I think it was four years here or something, something along those lines. I think it was lines. seven. Yeah, he, spent, seven. he spent kind of his, like, his childhood after like your young childhood mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And he's now spent, I don't know how many years, but many years trying to get back because he loves this place mm -hmm. so much. And he lived mm -hmm. in Argentina for a number of years. Yeah. And, and I'm just blown away by the fact that – most of our education is teaching our children how awful this country is. Right. Right. And yet here's a guy who like, if our country was that bad, right. he would not want to be here. Right. That's it. And like, that's, that's crazy to me, right? Where it's like, yeah, when you hear of what our kids are learning or what we're hearing in the news or what is being put on us. Yeah. Like, again, there's stuff we got to figure out, but, but we got it great. Like it's amazing. Oh, it's so incredible. good! It's we have incredible. so much to be thankful for. Totally, oh, yeah. and 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 that we just continue to push the negative aspects of what we all appreciate. I mean, that's one of the other funny things to me about this is like you can you can throw stones, yet you're 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 in this position to be able to throw stones. Yeah, right. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're like you've got a platform to throw stones and it's like, hold on. Like you're standing on the backs of others that have given you this opportunity and this freedom. How dare you chuck something at what they've worked for and just blow it up? Like, you know, one of the things I often, this is a Jordan Peterson thing, I think, but like the idea that like, okay, you can criticize something, but you better have, have a, a solution. Solution. That's clean, one of our rules clean, on our podcast. Clean, yeah. clean, clean. What is the, the chapter? Clean up your room before you criticize right. the world. Yeah. Yeah. Or in the words or in the words of Jesus, you know, get rid of the log in your own right. eye before you get the totally. speck out of your brother's eye. Yeah. Totally. And like that's something that like it's so easy to go, well, I hate this or I don't like that. I don't agree with this. Okay. Yeah. What's your solution? Yeah. How do we yeah. move and forward? If, and here? if your solution is, well, I just don't want any of those people to have power, then right. we know what this is. This is Marxism. Yeah. So I mean, that's another thing that 
man, like if people could realize the cost to get to where we're at today, unbelievable. Oh, it's insane. Insane. The vast majority of human history has been misery. Totally. And we're living in this unbelievable dream, really. Like, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. it's incredible. Yeah. So, man, we cannot... Let so this, this guy that we had on again, I just really enjoyed it. So I'm going to keep bringing it up. But he, <laughs> but he literally this, said, yeah. he literally said, he's like, he was describing Burlington to people in Argentina. Mm. <laughs> and they were, they said, it sounds like a fairy tale. Burlington. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, I don't have any special love for Burlington or no, or, and no negativity yeah. towards it either. I'm just Sunshine like, Sunshine Donuts is down there. It seems like <laughs> a pretty average Canadian suburb. Yeah. And he's describing it like it's paradise. Right. It is paradise. Totally. Totally. It's yeah, perspective, and, right? Yeah. yeah and, and we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Totally. No. Perspective changes a lot too, right? When you're talking about, you know, we've got gen- like several generations now that have grown up in this. So this is what we know. This is what we think is normal. This is what we're, we feel entitled to. And, you know, how do we make this better and whatever. But, you know, our perspective is so myopic. It's so small compared to what other people have gone through or seen or lived through or dealt with or, you know, what they've come up against. So, I mean, man, my wife and I traveled the world for a year. And um, and let me tell you, that was a lesson, like a life-changing lesson in perspective. You know, up until that point, I'd done some traveling, but I'd thought, you know, we live a pretty normal life. And this is kind of, I bet you most of the world lives like this. Man, alive. <laughs> no. We no. are the smallest Creme de la fraction. creme. We're like 100%, the, man. If you're born in Canada, you are the 1%. We think this is normal. This is not normal. And- I mean, yeah, we're so fixated on on our little world and our little piece of it and think that, you know, it's crap. It's not crap. No. <laughs> it's amazing. No, and, and I actually have a friend who uh, left Canada to go do some significant stuff in the UK and mm. he's like high up there. And so he, he holds these conferences all the time and he's constantly bringing Canadians and Americans right. and all these other people into the room. And he says, David, Canadians are so parochial. Right. He's like, mm-hmm. they're just navel gazers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah. the best thing that could ever happen to Canadians is that you have to leave for a year. Right. You have to go somewhere yeah. else and see yeah. how the world is. Because once you've done that, yeah, man, that's going to that's gonna dispel this myth that we're mm-hmm. just some kind of a, well, right now there's a little bit of oppression going on. I'm, sure. We could even talk about that a little more. But the truth of the matter is, I had a friend who was in Laos mm. and he working for the government mm. there and he actually got just kicked out by the state just arbitrarily, right? right? And he said to me, for the first time in my life, I had PTSD from that wow. in a park in Montreal where the police during curfew, mm. right? Just driving through the crowd. Right. And it's like, mm. we got to hold, like you said, a lot of blood was shed to mm. get us here. Mm-hmm. A lot of people gave their lives mm-hmm. for what we have. And we should not let it slip away. 100%. 100%. And I think... You know, that's that's something that Zach and I were talking about is like, so with that knowledge, what do we do? How do you mm. do this? Right. And and I think it kind of comes back to the scale thing where it's it it's not the way of the world, but it's these conversations that you need to have with people. It's going out for a beer with somebody sitting across the table talking about this stuff. It's having people into your house and for dinner and just basic community kind of things. And I think it's those small conversations. They're not the efficient way to do this, but I don't see a better way to do it. Well, nothing 
nothing worth doing can be done quickly. Right. No. So you, you say it's the inefficient way, but the inefficient way might just be the way. Right. You yes. know? How counter to what we've been told oh, or what we think. Yeah. yeah. Well, instant gratification is, that, right? is the new norm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We uh, most uh, are 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 children now teach dating us it's commodified right right? it's like oh well nah you just swipe 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 oh and it's like oh i've got 20 other options so i'm not going to really invest in you and not just that but everything is that way now Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. oh i'm hungry uber Um, eats totally oh i don't even have to work to go get it it's like (laughs) it's crazy right like there's so much, man. Like, we could go on for hours. But yes, yes. Like the idea that like there's value in working for something too, right? Well, like I, where I, it's not easy, I, it's hard, and there's something about the process and the struggle and the challenge that's so much more rewarding when you finally do eat that thing that you would have got oh, on Uber yeah, Eats or whatever. Yeah. It's like, no, I had to go out and then I actually and talked I to, to this person it. and I had whatever and I had this conversation and, you know, where that led took more time and it was annoying, but, you know, that person needed help or whatever. Like, I don't know. But it's like, man, there's something in the struggle. It's the, so valuable. The best things, the things that I cherish the most in my life have been the hardest fought for. Mm-hmm. You know, my my skills as a recording mm-hmm. engineer, building a business, mm-hmm. having a healthy relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. Like those those are the most real struggles and the the longest fought and the hardest things and the messiest things. Totally. But they bring me by far and above the most joy. Yeah. And it, it is directly counter to the instant gratification. I don't think instant gratification is good for us. Yeah. I, think, I think humbling yourself and enjoying the process and learning and failing mm-hmm. and forgiving yourself and figuring it out over a long time is the most rewarding thing that you can do for yourself. Yeah, man. And having a plan, right? Like in the sense of don't, just working hard for the sake of working hard is BS. Yeah. Right. You yeah. have to have a goal. You have to have yeah. an objective. It's a lame I wanna, yeah. I just want to, there is this philosophy is if I just work hard, I'll get ahead. Well, right. no, work smart too. Yeah. Like, like for sure. And, and be more than just about work, right? Like be in it for the ride and the, yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. the experience of, of the process, right? Where, you know, if if someone's so focused on, I just got to make money. Oh, yeah. You know what? Why don't you make money and be a great person and invest in your community and your family Help and stuff people. along the way, man? Yeah. Like, I'm sure you're going to get to the end of that life. Be that's a far more. That's a better fulfilled. life. Yeah, exactly. Far more. Exactly. 100%. Um, I want to talk your perspective on and we touch on this all the time, but mm. lockdowns, mm. government <laughs> overreach. Yeah. Where are you at on all that? I'm done with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, I, I'm struggling to find people who aren't, but yeah. I'm sure they're out there. I yeah, you know, it's funny, right? Like I talk to a lot of people and I get the same sense. So I'm like, who are these people that are for this stuff? Um, and I understand there's a significant health challenge hanging in the balance and we're trying to balance that out. But I mean, you know, when we're starting to affect people's mental health by locking them away, we we're made for community. And when you start locking people away and isolating people, that's not good. Um, so that's a massive component to me is, is people's There's mental health. There's a reason health. they use it as torture 100%. in prison. Totally. Yeah. Isolation. Yeah. Yep. When you start 
you know, when you've got these big corporations, they're able to stay open, yet the small business is the one that's taking it on the chin. And come on, guys, like, let's all do this together. Be in we're this not, together. We're not doing it together Costco here. doesn't seem to be in on this right. deal with us. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I feel like the small business or medium-sized business, they're the ones that have taken this the hardest and have felt this the most. And that is so key to the fabric of our communities, man. When we lose that. We lose our humanity. Yeah. And and so, like, going down a darker road, it's like, is that part of what's going on here? Where it's like, you know, hey, Costco, Walmart, you guys – you guys keep trucking along and we'll kind of – we can control you because you're one, two or whatever. You're a handful of people. But all these little small businesses and stuff, it would be easier if we could have more control over them. And so I don't know. That's kind of like a weird thought and I hope I'm wrong in that. But it's a concern to me. Well, even if you are wrong, that's unimportant, right? Because right. what we're what – we're addre- like you said, we're having the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think you're probably closer to being right than wrong. But it isn't about being right. No. It's about, hey, this is important. Yeah. Pay attention. Pay totally. attention. Pay attention. Totally. And w- it, I mean, it's not – all you have to do is take a quick look at the situation and see that the, the lockdown measures have created a severe erosion of middle class life. For sure. Oh, yes. Like there's, sure. there's no question about that. Sure. Yeah. I mean who do you know that's doing better now or has fared moderately through lockdown <laughs> You know, nobody exactly. like myself. I, I mean, I, well, okay. But I mean, there are some people for sure that are good on their own or that, you know, for me, it was an opportunity for me to dial my life back. I was like, I'm running hair on fire all the time. Like, that's kind of how I live my life. And this was a great opportunity for me to go like, oh, okay, hold on. Maybe I got some stuff out of whack. I need to rein that back in. I need to choose what I'm doing instead of just doing what's urgent. And, you know, so that's being positive. But I feel like we've reached a point, though, where those lessons hopefully have been learned. If you haven't learned them yet, you're not going to learn them. You're not going to learn them, yeah. But now we're at a point where the harm that we're causing with these lockdowns, I think, goes beyond the benefit. Well, and this is the real – this is the question, and we're running out of time, I guess, here, unfortunately. Yeah. What do we have time? We're at 42 minutes. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought it was 52. Um, Trying to get me out of here now? No, no. I just, for the the listeners, we just our little policy to try not to go above an hour. But, um, sorry, what was I? Oh, yeah. So here's the the thing. It's like, we're not even allowing a debate Mm. about the intangible costs of Mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. Because the only metric that's being used is cases, deaths, Mm -hmm. ICUs, and vaccinations. These Mm -hmm. are the only metrics. Mm-hmm. Nobody's even telling us how much mental. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. Chio is now has no more beds, and they're and they're asking for more beds for youth with depression and self harm. Right. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't. I hadn't heard nope. that. Nobody's talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Which no. is why I hadn't heard about it. Tw- yeah. Twenty people from the same high school class in medicine had have now committed suicide. Young Smile, men. Man. So sad. right. Uh, because they see no hope. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not being calculated. And I think, and you know what? I could be wrong. And Tell you me what, what you think. I would be happy to be wrong. I'd be happy to be wrong. I think this is going to go down as one of the greatest so or public policy failures of our lifetimes. Yeah. And here's one of the other sad parts of this, I think, is nobody's going to account for it. 
and that we're going to move on and go, hey, you know what? Like that was really tough and we learned a lot through it. And um, yeah, we dropped the ball here and there and uh, we'll do it better next time. But let's let's move forward. Well, I intend to make them well, pay. But, <laughs> but I, think, I think there has been a real cost. Yeah. And, and part of, you know, going back to the forgiveness piece, the idea that like there are still consequences Oh yeah, for, even with for, forgiveness. Forgiveness you know doesn't I mean? mean you don't have to suffer the consequences right. of your action. No. And so, so that needs to be a real topic of conversation because, like, there being people that have lost their livelihoods, lost their lives, lost family members, like the cost has been real. And and what do we do with that? Exactly. What What do we do? And I think the answer has to be conversations. Like mm-hmm. you said, it has yeah. to be like, no, this is unacceptable. Yeah. We can't let them get the, get away with this, right. and it's not because we don't forgive them. No, we do. Right. We we, but at the end of the day, this is costing the lives of our fellow Canadians, mm-hmm. and they are claiming that they're protecting the lives right. of our fellow Canadians. This is this is Orwellian doublespeak at its finest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, Viva Viva Fry, who we had on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, drew out a really, really, really great example about the cost of the cure. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, uh, so he's from Quebec. He said, two people in the age bracket, you know, zero to 20 mm. have died from COVID in Quebec. Tragic. Mm. A lot more of that age group during lockdown have committed suicide. Right. So yes, we need to protect people. Yes, we need to think about the sick. Yes, we need to create systems where those people can be safe. We need to do all of those things. Right. But there's no nuance to the conversation right. because we also need to protect young people who maybe not, not to speak down on them, but maybe don't haven't developed the emotional intelligence mm-hmm. to be able to withstand such a traumatic situation. Right. These kids are losing their friends. They're losing their social groups, mm-hmm. their structure. They're losing mm-hmm. so much and they don't know how to deal with that. And we're seeing real consequences and that's as tragic as any COVID death. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, agreement. <laughs> so, so we we kind of we kind of talked about this over coffee when I was over at uh, mm. at your spot. What do you think, as private citizens? I mean, we talked about conversations, but what can we do? Mm. What is our role? How do we how do we help ourselves and the people around us heal and move forward? I think I've done a lot of thinking about this, and I don't have the answer by any means. I've got an answer I think that I'm compelled to to engage in. And for me, it's about painting a better picture. And I want to create, I want to live a life that people look at and they go, wow, what's what's going on with that guy? Like my perspective on things or my um, the way I handle disappointment or failure or whatever, there's something different. And I want to live a life that that that's uh, on on display for people in like in in the best way I can do it. So yeah, again, having people over, connecting with people, that kind of thing. It's like I want to I want to paint a better story. I want to paint a better picture. I want to inspire people and challenge them and enter into those messy conversations and stuff and and take the time to do that. Um, I think we need to make, yeah, paint an inspiring story, man, for people to to get excited well, one, about. One might call it 
the Canadian story. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's, that's it, That's man. literally like, the purpose of this. So but I, 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 think, yeah. I think what you guys are doing is awesome because I'm like, yeah, like let's tell the Canadian story. Let's, let's do that. Let's tell people how we got here, why we're why doing we this, this and place. why we love this place. And if we're not inspiring people that way, I mean, then it's a pretty depressing, sad state of events, man. Like it's like, and I can't control you. I can control me. Or I, I struggle to control me, but I can try to control me. So, I mean, that's, that's something that's in my grasp of, I can have influence that way. Mm-hmm. And I can work on me and I can hopefully, you know, push that out. Once I, it's funny, like I've thought, man, is it too small to think like, hey, maybe I could get my life figured out a little bit. Maybe I could like even help my family get their life figured out and maybe a couple close friends. Is that a big enough or a, a yeah, a great enough vision for my life? And it's the, what I've been taught or told is like, no, you got to think bigger. You got to go, you know, you got to have more influence. No. <laughs> no, I'm okay. I'm okay with, with getting that stuff right or trying to get that stuff right. And then if I have opportunity beyond that and I get used or, um, I can reach out beyond that circle. That's going to be my circle. That's going to be where I put my energy and time. And hopefully those people that I connect with will do the same and the same and the same. And that's how we, we make a difference. The only way change has ever happened. It grows exponentially like that. We have a phrase that I kind of coined, uh, near the beginning of this, which, uh, says a rising tide lifts all Mm -hmm. ships. Mm -hmm. I am the tide. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Be the tide. Totally, man. And I think when I think of it in terms like that, like when I look at the problems in the world, like whatever, I mean, BLM or whatever, it's like, I don't know what I can do to fix anything when we're talking huge scale like that. But I know there's some stuff I can do in my own life that will make a difference. There you go. So I'm going to start there. I'm going to do that. And then if I can do more, I'll I'll do more. But like, let me get that working. Uh, Man, that is, that's perfect. It's, it's personal responsibility. Yeah, it's accepting the burden of your own life and making something worth living out right. of it and helping the people around you to do the same. For sure. And that's our way forward. That, yeah. that is ah, the we way. We solved it all, guys. <laughs> that's easy. <laughs> well, uh, Eric, thank you so much for joining us, man. Um, really quickly before we let you go, please uh, let people know where they can find you online, your company, whatever you want to plug. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Lucid Digital Media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, ldm.ca is their website. Uh, Galt Collective um, is the co-working space as well. So if anyone wants to check that out, again, Instagram, website, whatever. I'm not a uh, big social media kind of guy, <laughs> unfortunately. Go. But uh, <laughs> I dabble, I dabble. Not but uh, yeah, I hey, thanks, guys. Oh, I really appreciated real this opportunity. It's been a lot of fun and uh, great conversation. Great sure. conversation. Cool. And remember, everyone, for, <laughs> forgiveness is the way. There you go. Thank you for listening to The Canadian Story. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at The CAD Story. That's The C-A-D Story. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with your friends and family. Let's work together to remind Canadians how great their country is.